sermons from Warren Community Church. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit warrencommunitychurch.org. Please be seated. Welcome to church, church. What a great time together. Amen? Yeah, celebrate. Matthew chapter 24. This will be our our last uh, time we'll visit Matthew 24. Uh, but what a great journey it's been and a great opportunity to just look and see as, um, as we've tried to match this passage of Scripture with uh, Pastor Matthew's study through the book of Hebrews. Last week, uh, Pastor Matthew talked to us about Jesus being our substitute, our sacrifice, and our salvation. That is complete. Amen? And so this week, we want to look at what Jesus said and knowing that he is our only hope, we want to, to uh, come to an end to this Matthew 24 study by looking at the world in which we live. And I don't have to tell you today that our world's in a mess, do I? I think you would all agree that it is and that there's things that are happening that we just uh, absolutely blows our minds as we think about it. I want us to look in Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 12. We uh, two weeks ago, did um, Matthew 24 and verse 9, and I wanted to do, uh, do it a verse at a time, but because uh, t- uh, this is our last trip through 24, I will do verses 10, 11, and 12 today. So let's read together, uh, follow along uh, there on the uh, board there, and I want to read to you Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 12. And this is describing what our world uh, is going to look like before the rapture of the church, before Jesus comes and takes his church out. I believe with all my heart that the church will not go through the tribulation, which is that seven-year period of absolute devastation, when God pours his wrath out upon this nation and upon this uh, universe and upon his people and his enemies. Not his people, but his enemies. But what is going to take place is that you and I, the Bible tells us that in this world we will have tribulation. In this world we're going to have persecution. In this world, as we look back through history, you're going to see through history that Christians have been one of the most persecuted. I think probably the Jews are first, but the Christians have been persecuted uh, probably at number two, and many have been murdered and killed and slaughtered just for their faith. There were people who were, during the Reformation time and, and, and after all of that takes place, was, is where people were being slaughtered just because they translated the Bible. But this is what... Uh, Jesus said to his disciples about the condition of our world. Notice what he says. And then many will be offended. (laughs) Do we live in an offended world today? Everybody's offended about something. I'm offended that they're offended about the stupid stuff they're offended about. There will be many will be offended. 
And notice this, because of this, they will betray one another. You ever been betrayed by a spouse or a co-worker or a friend? And will hate one another. Verse 11. And while all this is happening, there will be many false prophets that will rise and they will deceive many. People are looking for something to give them hope. And the problem is the great deceiver, our enemy, Satan himself, will be a false Jesus to so many people. And many groups today preach a false Jesus. And people are swallowing it up, falling into every type of lawlessness and all that. But notice what verse 12 says. And because of all of this, there will be lawlessness and lawlessness will abound amazing to me as we look in our world today at all the lawlessness that's going on criminals the people who are there who have who have stood up and sworn to serve and protect us are being treated like criminals and the criminals are being protected boy we've 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 let it go backwards and because lawlessness will abound And here's the final. The love of many will grow cold. Lord, as we look at these verses today and the condition of our world that we all readily agree that uh, it's no doubt that your prophecy here is absolutely true. But we have hope, Lord, and it's from those songs that we just sang, let me tell you, about Jesus he's our only hope and through the midst of all the things that we see and all the issues of life that trouble us we know that you are not only our firm foundation you're the one who calms the sea you're the one Lord who speaks truth and you're the one Lord who brings um, absolute uh, comfort and peace into our hearts and lives when all the storms try to overwhelm us So, Lord, today let us look, and then let us trust, and let us love, as you have called us to do so. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. We love you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. I want us to look, first of all, as we look at this passage and and do justice to the passage, look at the, the world of decadence in which we live. In fact... Uh, title of the sermon today, In the World of uh, Decadence, Be Calming. Be Calming. Be that, that source of, uh, that people can look to. When, when the issues of life become overwhelming, they can look to you and to look to me and to look to the church and say, there's something different about those folks. They seem to stay focused on what's important but in this world of of decadence verse 12a says lawlessness will abound now let's go back and just kind of look at verse 10 there for and um, and up to verse 12 what are what is some of this world of decadence we see that there's going to be offense people are offended everywhere then we see betrayal as we spoke earlier as we read betrayal people families 
members betraying family members. Um, I mean, on and on we could go and we could look at our world and our situation and things, and, and it just seems like those things that, used to, that we used to could depend on no longer are there. I remember a time, I know I've been around a lot longer than a lot of you, but I remember a time when, when we could actually trust what the president says. I remember a time where you could honestly go talk to your senator or to your representative, and we're thankful here in Tennessee that we can still do that. And they would listen. And they wouldn't go to Washington and, and betray us. And then hatred. In this identity politics world in which we live, where everybody is separated by their identity, and each one is taught to hate one another. Listen, that is far from what Jesus said. Jesus said, I came that you might be one. And that's the goal of the church. So in the offense of the world, let us bring peace. In the betrayal of the world, let us bring faithfulness and fidelity. And in the hatred of the world, let us share the love of Christ. In this world of decadence. Our society is becoming less loving and more violent. You can't turn the TV on without seeing all the violence. Look at Let's do just a little summary of where we've been in Matthew 24. In verse 6, we talked about there were wars and rumors of wars. In verse 7, famines, plagues, earthquakes. In verse uh, 9, Christians tracked down and persecuted. I read just this past week of a, of a, of a, a family that was... Uh, he, the father was there with his son... And they were just walking uh, down the sidewalk in front of um, a Planned Parenthood place. And they were just praying silently. And the husband was, or the dad was arrested. One of the anti-protesters that were there, or one of those that were with Planned Parenthood, came out and accosted the son. And the dad went over and said, leave my son alone, and pushed him away. And they they criminalized what the dad had done by protecting his son from a grown man, a 12-year-old son. I'm afraid they would have put me under the jail. And I know probably most of you dads would have been the same way. I think I'd have done more than just pushed attacking a child. Everywhere we look, many false prophets will rise and deceive many in multitudes. Not just many, but multitudes in verse 11. And then violence will increase and love will proportionately decrease in verse 12. You know, Psalm 2 tells us this in verses 1 through 3. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. And who are they taking this counsel against? They are taking counsel against the Lord and against His anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Now the psalmist is simply saying here, there's going to be a time where the kings and the rulers of this world are going to say, we've got to get rid of this God stuff. And this anointed one, this Jesus Christ. We've got to kick him out of our institutions. We've got to kick him out of the public square. We've got to remove everything we can remove about God from anything in the public square. And that has never, ever been what our founding fathers thought. 
Never in their minds would I have, would believe that they would have ever thought that God would be separated from country. Everything that Jesus said would occur, would occur, is going to occur there in Matthew 24. It's already occurring and has been. And all it's going to do is widen and make the distance between humanity and heaven even greater. Nations will intentionally abandon the values and the priorities that are prescribed in Scripture that led to their prosperity. Listen, why, did, why has America been the, uh, the, the nation that it's been and the prosperity and all the stuff that it's had? Because God, I believe, blessed this nation in its founding. People came here, and I don't care what they teach there in Washington and all these places you go, these people came with a heart to find a place where they could worship God without fear of the government interference. That's why the pilgrims came here. They didn't come just because, as I read something recently, where they were uh, this 16, 19 projects going on, that, that they came to make slaves of people, and they were capitalists, and all they wanted to do was to rape the country, get all of the natural resources, make a lot of money. That is ridiculous. And anybody that believes that, now, it's amazing to me. They came because they wanted to love God, fear God, Worship God in a place where the government could not tell them when, where, or how they could do that. That's why our nation was founded. You know, in 1636, there was a university that was established. It was called Harvard. 1636. Established by the pilgrims. I want to read to you this morning <laughs> the vision statement and the purpose statement of the original Harvard. Listen to this. Harvard University founded in 1636 with the intention of establishing a school to train ministers. In accordance with that vision, Harvard's rules and precepts adopted in 1646 says this, Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is... To know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. And therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation that we sang about of all sound knowledge and learning and seeing the Lord only gives wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer in secret to seek it of him. Everyone shall so exercise himself in the reading of scriptures twice a day that he shall be ready to give such an account of his proficiency therein 
both in theoretical observations of language and logic and in practical and spiritual truths as his tutor shall require according to his ability seeing the entrance of the word gives light it gives understanding to the simple psalm 119 130 now that's the original purpose vision statement of harvard how many harvard students today do you think have read such a statement the institutions that have been founded for the proclamation of the gospel for the training of ministers for building in the heart of every individual their commitment to christ and the scriptures churches today uncoupling themselves from biblically grounded institutions that that used to provide a clear direction and a moral voice for the whole world churches now are falling it's called mission leaking harvard forgot its mission the church today in many places has forgotten its mission as people reject the justice that comes from God's righteousness, they will forfeit the love that comes from His grace. That's the world of decadence. What is it? Wickedness will increase, verse 12. What are some examples from history of the darkness that our world has been through? You look at the terrible plight of the Dark Ages. Now, when, when were the Dark Ages? It was right after the fall of Rome. You know, Rome had control basically of the whole world. And when Rome fell, the economic, the political, I mean, the social system went to the pits. It just fell apart. And there was, there was no money. The economic system was horrible. I mean, everything, there were a few wealthy people. And you had two classes of people, very wealthy and very poor. But the Dark Ages, and people finally came out of that through what was known as the Renaissance and the Reformation time. Now, some of the stuff that we got through the Renaissance and the Enlightenment period was not good, but at least it brought to us a, a, a clearer vision that this world that God has created was much more than what we had experienced by that time. And then we see the the, the legacy, the bloody legacy of the war, wars that we've been through as a nation and as a world. I mean, think about, you had two world wars within just years of each other in the 20th century. There's a guy by the name of Frederick Dale Bruner. Let me read to you something that he said. He describes this future period, talking about the period that we're in right now, as a season of unique lawlessness in which the very concept of morality will be turned upside down. Can you say that that's where we are? Right and wrong will be inverted with entire cultures celebrating what is evil and condemning what is good. He says sinful human beings always practice lawlessness, but there will be a unique lawlessness at the end. Good will be called evil, and evil will be called good on a massive and unprecedented scale, exponentially. People will glory 
in their shame. In public libraries, having drag queens come and do lap dances in front of children and reading pornographic books to children. What bothers me the most about that is the parents that would let take their children to see that. Isaiah 5 and verses 20 and 21 warned us about this. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Now, do I have to tell you that when God says woe, he means woe? Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Wickedness will increase. Love will grow cold, according to verse 12. You know, I like coffee, but I like coffee hot. You cold coffee drinkers, that's your pleasure, great. I hope you enjoy it, but it, it doesn't fit my system. But sometimes coffee can be too hot. Have you ever picked up that cup of coffee and blew over it like that? The wind blowing, what does it do? Well, think about this. Think about this. The wind of lawlessness has blown across our world, and it has chilled. And it has chilled our love, our love, and the world has become an horrible place. Let's look now at the way of kindness, because I think this is the answer. I think this is the answer. We've seen the way of the world of decadence, the world of wickedness, the love growing cold, the, love growing the way of kindness. The way of this kindness. is the answer, I believe. This is the answer. It's difficult it's for us to watch our society literally disconnect from the blessings of God. Our society slides toward lawlessness and lovelessness. It, it actually is painful to watch. It's painful to watch. And it has produced some major, major. Because of thieves. And the government does nothing about it. Those who are, who have been there to put, to they have chained the hands of those law enforcement people. In fact, in the most recent Target place, the chief of police, well, I'll take that back, I believe it was the sheriff, was standing inside the Target talking to corporate office asking them as they were coming back he was trying to stop some of the thieves running out and the corporate office told him to back away shut down and walk away they didn't want any pictures or 
or video on Facebook showing Target having people arrested. What's happened? A thief ought to be arrested, right? But the way of kindness, it's difficult for us to see this world as it is. We personally feel like a jolt when outside forces come and corrupt the institutions, the colleges, the churches, and the customs that we've cherished for so long. Darkness seems to be deepening over our culture, but we are not powerless. We have hope. Listen to what Philippians 2, 15 and 16 says, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you will shine as lights in the world, holding fast the world the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. There's our hope. To live out what God has called us to live out, even though we look around and see everything else is deteriorating and falling apart, we are to stand firm on that foundation. We should not sit back passively as humanity turns its back on God. His justice and His love. So the trends, no doubt, are going in the wrong direction as we approach the coming of Christ and the rapture of the church. But the church is still here on earth and we can still make a difference. I believe that with all my heart. We can still make a difference. It's amazing sometimes what just a smile can do for someone. Just a kind word or a kind deed. And do it in the name of Jesus. When Jesus said that if you give a drink of water in my name, it glorifies him. So anything that we can do to share the love of Christ. You and I have limited ability to control the lawlessness and lovelessness. If I could stop it, I would. But we can control how we respond to it. How can we do it? Let me list two or three things here. Embrace God's kindness. Embrace God's kindness. Romans 5 and verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. God's love has overwhelmed us and the Spirit of God lives within us and if we will allow the Spirit of God to control us, the love of God will flow from us. On a practical level, our sense of God's love deepens as you and I spend time with Him. You know, I love my wife. I've been telling you that for 24 years. I love her more every day. I love spending time with her. I love just sitting looking at her. It is weird, but I still love it. <laughs> She'll be sitting on the couch, and I'm sitting in my chair, and I'll just kind of look over at her sometimes. And she's over there playing some game on her phone, and all of a sudden she'll look up and say, What are you doing? I'm looking at you. <laughs> Embrace kindness. Look at one another, not with suspicion. Don't look at your brother and sister in Christ with suspicion. Look at them with love and kindness and understanding. 
Now, they may be suspicious looking, but don't let that fool you. Look at their hearts. Look at their lives. Embrace God's kindness. Express God's kindness. When we embrace God's love, it becomes natural. It's just a natural overflow for us to express His love. Do you know how much God loves you? Will you just embrace that? And when you embrace how much He loves you, it's just a natural response to express it to others. Psalm 82 and verse 3 says, Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. And there are so many around us that way. Why do we, why do, we do the ministries that we do? So that we can brag about them? No. So that we can reach out into a dark world in a community that needs to see light. And that light is found in the ministries and things that we attempt to do here. I'm looking forward to the future of Warren Community Church. I'm looking forward to Pastor Matthew's leadership as our lead pastor and his creativity and his great abilities and his heart for missions and discipleship. I'm looking forward to serving with him and under his leadership. Because I want to see every one of us involved in serving Christ. And if you will focus on finding that place to serve, wherever it may be or whatever it may be, whatever season of life that you're in, you will be able to, to help us be able to move forward and to make the years ahead the greatest years one community church has ever experienced. That's my prayer, and that's my heart, is to be a part of that. I want to see people saved. I want to see marriages put back together. I want to see Christians who are downtrodden. I want to see them smile again. I want to see those who are struggling with illnesses healed. I want to see them have grace and kindness and peace expressed. God's kindness. James 1.27 says this, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You don't have to look far to find a need. Find that need and fill that need. That's what God has called us to do. Express kindness. Luke 3 and verse 11 said, He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, or two vests, or jackets, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then, not only do we embrace God's kindness and express God's kindness, we need to embody God's kindness. There are three steps, I think, by embracing God's love daily so that it fills us up. Are you in a love relationship with Christ? Do you, can, you, can you just hardly wait to sit down and, and 
and spend some time with him every day. I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to come into my office every morning and just let Jesus love on me by seeing what his word has to say. Now, some days that love is, is pretty tough. It rebukes me, and it corrects me, and it reproves me. That's what the Word of God's supposed to do, right? But why do we do that? Why, why do we as parents do that to our children? Because we're getting revenge on them? No, because we love them. And God's Word, listen, is God's love letter written to you, His child. Embrace God's love daily so that you're filled up with it. And then by intentionally expressing that love to others through regular action. And then third, as we encounter God's love in greater degrees in both receiving and giving it, we embody that love. In other words, we need to make God's love part of our very identity. Matthew 5 says this, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, light shines brightest in the darkness. And in a world that is frozen and dark, from lawlessness and lack of love, we have the unique opportunity to radiate the warmth and the light of community, the warmth of fellowship, the warmth of intimacy with our Creator to a cold and dark world. We can choose to display forgiveness rather than bitterness. We can choose to heal rather than harm. We can choose to help rather than hurt. And we can choose to be welcoming witnesses when everyone else practices the emotional equivalent of social distancing. It's true that our world has lost something important. Our institutions have lost something important. We've drifted far away from God and His justice and His love. But actually... We haven't drifted. We've defected because it's been a personal choice to do so. It's not like we woke up one day and boom, it happened and we didn't know it. We have stood back and watched it happen. Humanity's in the process of intentionally rejecting the Creator, the Bible, and, the, and Jesus Christ our Savior. They're rejecting him in every way that they can. But you and I have an opportunity to capitalize on those losses. We can show the world what's missing and show it by the way that we live and how we embody it and embrace it and express it. We can take a stand for goodness and love and return ourselves and our, and our communities back to where we used to be even if it's just for a short season until Jesus comes and snatches us out of here. The breakdown of law and order is like a deadly wind blowing across our nation 
cooling it down as you would blow across your coffee to cool it down. We need to embrace God's kindness and His love. One of the greatest old hymns, the greatest old songs, I believe it's ever been written. It's called The Love of God. As I read these words, think about them. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave His Son to win. His erring child He reconciled and pardoned from His sin. O love of God! How rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forever endure the saints' and angels' song. When hoary times shall pass away, and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men here refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure, all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Frederick Martin Lehman understood the call of the church and to the Christian. In a dark world in which we've looked at for the past several weeks, we can be that shining light. Psalm 103, and I close with this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Have we, have we forgotten some of his benefits? What does he do? He forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He redeems our lives from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious Listen to what he is. He is slow to anger 
and abounding in mercy. Notice what else? He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, thank God, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. Do you remember who you are? Nothing without Christ. But everything because of Christ. And today in the world in which we live that is... Sadly, as someone has been said so many times through the years, is in a handbasket on its way to hell. That's not new. But the church of Jesus Christ keeps marching on. Onward Christian soldier marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going as before. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and blood. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride, and with his blood he bought her, and for her life he died. We've got the answer, folks. Put that smile on your face. Put that joy in your step. And let the world know that Jesus Christ makes a difference. And I believe with all my heart, the church's greatest days are ahead. Let's join hand in hand, heart in heart, and bring people to the Christ that loves them so much. Let's pray. Lord, thank you today. For our time together, thank you for your word that reminds us constantly of who you are and all that you have done. You prepare us uh, for your coming. You prepare us for the world in which we live. You've given us not only, Lord, uh, a, a diagram, an outline, or whatever uh, term we want to use, but you've given us a plan, and it's in your word. And as we, as we Lord, embrace your love for us, we will be able, Lord, to to share that love with others, to express it, and then to embody it in everything that we do. And it should be, as the Scripture says, the love of Christ that constrains us, that would drive us to be the witness that we need to be to a world that is in trouble and has turned their back on you. But Lord, your church marches on and will continue to do so. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, a lot of what I've said today doesn't make a lot of sense except this. Jesus is the only answer. I hope that came across. And if you haven't trusted him today, why not today? Why not today? Because today could be our last day. That's not to frighten you. 
or to try to pressure you, that's just a reality. Today, the scripture says, is the day of salvation. Don't put it off any longer. Come to Christ. I'll be here. Pastor Matthew will be here to be available. You come. If you have a prayer, if you have concern, if you want to come to know Christ today, you come. Thank you for listening to Sunday Sermons. If you want to learn more about us, visit warrencommunitychurch.org.